Welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us once again. This is the one and only IT in the D show. I am your host, Bob Waltenspiel, hanging out with co-host, producer extraordinaire, Randy Walker. Guest this week, I hijacked a couple cloud security architects from Trace3. Chris Gordon's in the house. Omel Mujic is in the house. We're going to be talking all things cloud security. We've, uh, we've, t- I think we've hit everything, Randy, in the security <laughs> spectrum except for cloud. We've done zero trust. We've done... CISO level, we've done high level, we've done low level, but we've never yeah. really got into cloud. Um, but we really we've even done get... we've even done physical security a little bit. Oh, we have done like, physical security. Yeah. Um, but we want to dive into you know life of a cloud security architect. Um, kind of get into some of the pillars and get some of the things that the hell that they have to put up with sales guys like me. Um, you can find us online it in the d.com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials, subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts. Are sold. Don't forget, follow us on meetup.com slash IT in the D. We're going to be at Yield Saloon again in Royal Oak third Thursday. No cover charge, no speakers, just hanging out with IT folks, having a drink or don't, or have a bacon on a stick for two bucks. It's uh, it's that good. <laughs> um, I know I do more plugging for the bacon on a stick than I do the actual bar, but it's, it's a great little dive bar. Been there forever. So Chris Amel, how you guys doing? Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Appreciate you having us. Thank you, Randy. Yeah, thanks for the awesome introduction, guys. Yeah, yeah. So one of uh, I always love the question, and I frame it different to to everyone that's in that's in your seat in a in a higher level technical role, and putting up with not just the vendor landscape, but putting up with with sales reps that don't get it, and putting up with that that cycle that we put you through, and then you have to do the webinar demos, and you don't really teach so. I kind of want to talk, let's, let's get into like, cause you know, you're researching all day because the vendor landscape changes daily, um, product websites. Um, when I look at them, they look fine. A lot of times I'm like, well, what the hell do you do? Um, it must drive you literally insane. What, uh, what, what's some of the worst things you've seen or what, what, what do you absolutely hate about, uh, people, you know, marketing, marketing, developing technical websites, right? I, I can go first. Um, something that I absolutely can't stand is when a vendor tries to do everything all at once, right? And we've all been there where, you know, you're, you're looking for a specific solution to a specific problem and they are throwing every acronym in the book at you. They're trying to do everything under the sun and you just need to get to the bottom of this one problem. What do you, when you say everything, are you talking about like cloud specific? Or are you talking like everything? I'm talking about like cloud specific. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like when I was at HP, um, I sold route switch wireless. Um, our, our switches were outstanding. Routers were, were medium. Um, our wireless, it depended on the, the, where you were at, but then we would get down the line and we would have a knack box, which was it was absolute trash. No one ever talked about it, but we had it. So we had this like full line card, but like it took us, you know, it takes you six months to navigate what works and what doesn't. So like, yeah. So I can't, I can't imagine what you guys have to go through. So I mean, again, like what, what now? What are you guys looking? Are you guys looking for tools to like from from a cloud security perspective? Like walk me through some of the tools you guys are actually looking for. So a lot of the tools that I look at revolve around identity, revolve around modern workplace security, really. So to back it up, um, I focus on modern workplace security. So you really focusing around that, that whole aspect. And Chris here focuses more on the infrastructure security side of things. So when I'm looking at a vendor, I'm going to be looking at, you know, um, Sentinel one, for example, or I'll compare different CASBs across the board and really taking a deep dive into those you know, software, uh, it, it gets a little challenging when the software isn't doing what it's supposed to do because they're trying to do everything. Right, right. So, I mean, that's the thing. You get to step two now. Now you want to demo the product and get to the webinar. Um, Chris, walk me through that because I've heard that this is the, probably the most painful. You know, like, again, I try to keep these my, when I do these things, I keep them super light, but I've heard horror stories. I guess, you know, talk me through what, what you have to deal with as a, as a you know technical engineer for some of these product webinars. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like this. I mean, think about, I mean, you got Netflix, right? You got, you got Prime TV, you got Disney Plus, whatever it is. 
Could you do you watch cable anymore? I haven't watched cable TV in in years, right? Live unless it's baseball, no. Okay, yeah. You have to sit through the commercials, right? Just think about the whole show being a commercial trying to sell you something <laughs> the entire time. And then at the last five minutes, you kind of, you know, you get the episode kind of thing. So I think that's the worst part right now in the IT industry with 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 products and with sales. And I think that kind of goes in with the websites that you're talking about as well. You get on the website and you're just what what is going on here? What what does the product do? How does it work? You're not finding that. You're finding the 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 sales pitches, the the constant buzzwords. You know, um, I think that's that's the that's the most painful part is is trying to you know I'm not a sales guy. I want to get technical. I want to get on on level four hundred. I want to you know deep dive into it. I want to see the product work. I don't want to sit through through slides all day that that are telling me about you know how well the company has done this year kind of thing um it's I, almost I think there's like, an audience for that but yeah it's almost like there should be like two tabs when you hit a product just go tech you know for business value for technical like and just you know like that's a million just, dollar idea bob yeah yeah because <laughs> i mean listen you know if the stuff that you guys talk about goes way over my head but i want to talk about the business value because that's what is important to me but like you know so now i'm like i'm i'm you know choosing my own adventure right See, again, you could yeah. you could label it if your title starts with a C. Click here. <laughs> well, they they try to, but it's never it, it never really works. So I mean, if you could like this is this you're on your you're on your you know wooden box right. You're in the middle of CES and you're you're screaming out to all the 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 sales reps and marketers. What what are you telling them from? You know, is is it know your audience? Did I steal your thunder by saying that? That's 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 the only only buzz phrase for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to, you got to know your audience. No doubt. I mean, um, you, you can tell, you can tell that they're used to sitting in, uh, with, with the C-level suites, the, the business folks, the account executives, things of that sort. And then, then you get in front of the technical folks and, um, you know, you, you typically hand it off to another guy, right? So, so a lot of those webinars, you'll, you'll have three or four guys on the call. You'll have your guy uh, that starts off, you know, he'll do the sales pitch, It'll tend to take up a little bit too much time and then finally hand it off to the demo and I can figure out what the product's actually doing. So see now if I had an hour the way I ran, I never talked more than like five to eight minutes, two to three slides max. And it was here's where we here's where we started, here's our client list, and here's the here's our team. Right. And then here's yeah. you know, my engineer who's gonna be diving right into the demo. What 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 do you want to see? How do you want us to drive this thing? And kind of let them walk through scenarios, just so it doesn't look like a can. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. It to me, it it amazes me that in this day and age, um, that it doesn't happen that way. Because like Chris, I we were in a meeting together with a with a very large cloud company that rhymes with Schmoogle, and <laughs> he actually said three times in the meeting, "I'm not going to show up and throw up." And he spoke for 55 minutes nonstop and never asked one question. Yep. And I'm dumbfounded. Grown man, older than me, been around the block. I had another one where some guy says, oh, you're a MSP? And then said, well, we got the best cloud. And went 45 minutes on, we got the best cloud. Not one asking me what applications you put in the cloud. What are your what are your needs for you know? Are you sharing resources? Are you are you bundling and reselling, or are you just selling like you know what I mean? Like nothing, not not even bare bones. And it, I I almost want to just shake people. And these are like high level, well paid salespeople in this business. Drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say either it's either the worst or the best of them. But they leave you at the end of the meeting wondering if you even know IT, like. <laughs> do I need to go back to school and figure out what's going on here? Cause I am confused. So, well, I mean, it goes back to, you know, it's that cliche. It's that everybody mocks like Chris, what keeps you up at night? You know, like opening up a sales call with that. And you're like infomercials and insomnia, right? Like uh, how are you supposed to answer that? But like, you're trying to find either you're trying to ask what, what sucks or you're trying to uncover something that you might not know sucks. Right. You can eat, you know, no, you don't care if you tell me what sucks and I, and I fix it. But if I find out something that sucks that you don't know, you know, then I become, you know, part of your ecosystem. Right. And that's kind of what we all strive for. But like, I feel like people like me, it's hard because I like talking, right. You, I, you know, mm -hmm. you know me for a while. Um, 
to just shut the hell up sometimes. Right. And, <laughs> and just like, let, you know, let people talk. And, um, you know, I, do you get, how, how often out of sh- show up, throw up meetings? Like when you're talking to vendors, what percentage of them are just nonstop show up and throw up? 75%. That are just show up and throw Really? Yeah. Every once in a while you will get, you know, what you're looking for. But a lot of the times it's just, you know, rinse and repeat sales calls. Now what, uh, I guess, perfect scenario, dream world. You get, you know, Bob's your salesman, right? Me. (laughs) Um, What are you, I mean, do you just want them to like, you do want to steer? What do you want them to tell you? I'm just, you know, let's get it out. Like what, what's the best in a perfect world scenario, right? Dumb sales guy is not, not an engineer level, just, you know, obviously I know a few guys that would be like handed over to your sales engineer. Um, but no perfect scenario. You're stuck with me. What it would like, what do you want to get out of the conversation? It, it would totally depend what my objective was for calling the meeting. So if I'm working on a go-to-market strategy and I need high-level, you know, material, then the normal, you know, rinse and repeat sales strategy that is played over and over again, I, I can work with that. Yeah. If I'm looking for, you know, the, a more technical meeting, I I, I want exactly what you described a couple minutes ago, right? Five to eight minutes, 10 minutes tops talking about, you know, business value and all the sales stuff, and then hand it over to the person who's going to do the demo and do a deep dive into it. Yeah. I, I think I would want somebody to come in immediately and just go, this is the problem that I'm solving. These are what my product is like, you know, potential alternatives. If it's something totally new in the, in the market, I mean, uh, they're going to have to come out with some parables that, you know, can tell me what it's like immediately, but I want to understand what I'm, what I'm actually going to divert my attention and, and pay attention to during that moment. And I, and I don't, I don't like joining a meeting and being 15 minutes in and being like, okay, so I, I know that you, you broke record sales. I know that you've got all this in the pipeline. Cool. But, but what do you do? You know, what, what, how are you going to help me? Why do I need to pay attention right now? Sure. And what, um, see now I, I used to always, when HP, this is going back 15 years, we used to always make fun of the, the acronym hell. And I would sit, my first thing out of meetings is I live and breathe this, this acronym hell every day. And I might say something that please stop me and say, what the hell does, you know, that mean? Because ASP at one point was like 17 different acronyms, right? Um, what I mean, are you dealing with that same hell today? Like what is, I can't imagine what you're going through in security. I probably don't even know half of them that you guys see on a daily basis. Yeah, I don't know half of them either. I'm going to hand that off to a Mel. I always ask him. I'm like, what What does this mean? <laughs> oh, a lot of it just a lot of it comes from combining different solutions together. That's the best way that I can put it. Right. So you have your Casby's, you have your Sims, you have your, you know, cloud identity entitlement management, whatever Gardner's putting out, you know, this month. And then these vendors are trying to do everything all at once. So then they innovate their products and they combine all of these different solutions. And then they come up with a new acronym that combines old acronyms. And then they do (laughs) ML and AI laid over SIM technologies, leveraging CASB and yeah, yeah. Then then exactly. The, yeah, uh, I know some of these words. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, that's the only, I only said the ones that I know, and it actually made sense to me, but I can't imagine everybody else is like scratching their head going, this guy, you know, because I remember, you know, a lot of people like don't know what a sim is, like, you know, especially people that are buried in infrastructure and don't get out to the sock part. You know what I mean? There's a lot of engineers like that. So, I mean, yeah, you always, always got to be cognizant. Um, so speaking of, you know, speaking a little bit on the sales side and then getting into the meat, let's, let's, you know, let's dive in. Cause this is, this is something new to me. Like I said, we've been, we've talked before on zero trust and, and high end methodologies and compliance and everything. And, and you kind of brought up that there's, uh, four pillars, four domains really for, for, for cloud security. Now is, I guess let's dive in on that is one person. Cause I know you said Chris is more on infrastructure side. You're more on the other. Do you need kind of a, a tag team approach to this, or is, is there a lot? Or some people are good at everything, or some levels better than others? Well, I guess talk to me. Talk to me about that real quick before we dive into the actual pillars. If you're anyone besides us, 
<laughs> yes, you need to tag team it. Count but me we will out, t- man. We, we, will, we will do it all individually. It's, yeah. it's going to be my answer. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, th- I think I think that kind of goes into the topic of do you know do you stretch yourself horizontally or are you trying to you know go vertical in one domain even um, I think a combination a hybrid approach to that is best you know uh, try to learn as much as you can about everything it, it helps the conversation certainly but also specialize and um, you know my specialty at the moment uh, and for a while is is kind of been infrastructure but i'm trying to dive into to some of the areas that amel's been working in lately and um you know I, I think it's a constant learning uh situation so does it does it present like an issue i'm just thinking out loud that like you have cloud side that's on infrastructure you have you can open up dev channels right by putting in sandboxes and, and prod servers and things like that and then you go in another site and you're running your your data and analytics and your data lakes and your your data streams and all that i mean and it all kind of blends do you need to be kind of not pseudo experts but like understanding the the frameworks of all those things or you just need to know really how it applies to to, to the cloud deployment I think the the people who who do the best in those in those rooms in those meetings in those conversations where you've got multiple enterprise architects from the data side you've got them from the network side you've got them from security you have uh, you know app dev I think I think those that that are are well grounded they they they've got a little bit of knowledge in all of it tend to do the best in those conversations they can piece all the things together they tend to stand out more as leaders in those in those meetings they can you know, coordinate between the multiple parties, but um, I, I don't think you're ever going to get somebody who's going to be, uh, you know, ultimate uh, expert in all of those things. And and I don't know that it's possible, especially at the at the pace that technology uh, is being developed. Mel's except for, except for Amel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. Somewhere in that whole game, someone needs to stand mm-hmm. in the middle of it and kind of be the band leader and orchestrate. Um, yeah. And, you know, like to me, I'm just thinking about it now. It's a, it's a daunting task trying to get because if you, again, you could have four people with four different kind of distinct philosophies on how they want to go to market with this stuff, and then trying to, you know, get in there, secure it. You know what I'm saying? Because again, that was always that was that was the biggest problem with 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 cloud and with security was it was an afterthought, right? There was all those stories about oh, they left the left the the buckets open and this and that and left, you know, didn't change the password. So, I mean, <laughs> let's walk through kind of, yeah. the, you know, the four pillars domains. And I want to, I want to, you know, like identity we talk about all the time is like the pillar of zero trust. Uh, same philosophy applies, or I guess, how does, how is it differ from in a, in a cloud deployment? No, it a hundred percent is, especially with this new environment that we all have from working from home or working remotely. As you get rid of that, you know, corporate or enterprise network that was originally your security boundary, that something else has to come and replace that, right? And that's where identity steps in, where identity is is essentially the new um, network perimeter. It's going to be your first layer of defense, really, because if they're not in the office and they're somewhere else, if they're at you know a, co- a local coffee shop or if they're at home in their basement, like <laughs> like most of us are. Um, that's that's going to be your first layer of security. You have to so make I'm, sure. That I'm a complete novice when it comes to identity. I get the basic principles right, but I don't understand the the kind of deep dive. Are we just talking about making sure you're an active user at the active company and hasn't left three months ago? Um, privileged accounts, right? What type of the hierarchy within the the file folder system? Like what what all goes into creating an identity? So you really have to take a layered approach to it, right? So you don't want to have privileged accounts that have access to, you know, very sensitive systems just not being monitored. So you really should need to monitor it, especially privileged accounts. You need to lock them down. Uh, If you're in Azure and using Azure AD, you're essentially going to want to utilize privileged identity management or PIM. Uh, you're going to probably, if you have a, 
if you have multiple sites and multiple locations, you're going to want to layer in conditional access with that. Uh, if they aren't going on site, you're going to then want to start layering in session control policies as well, where it's looking at the identity and routing it through a proxy. And I don't want to get too technical, but no, you the can. best answer, the best answer I can give you is, is it, it for identity, it's going to be a layered approach. You're going to want, some form of monitoring, you're going to want some form of automation of, you know, poop hits the fan, and you're going to want to make sure that everything is locked down. I mean, to me, I always thought that was the basis of zero trust. And I think people try to make it more complicated than it was. Mm -hmm. But it was really it was, it was identity management, and it was big two factor authentication. And you basically layer that and then you're, you know, and you trust nothing. You know that, yeah. that you you kind of flip the switch on what used to be you know trust and verify, and then you flip the switch on that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people overcomplicate things. I, a lot of people assume that if you know identity on prem, you're not going to know it in the cloud. But the truth of the matter of fact is, is if you know identity on prem, it's it's not going to be that large of a jump to understand identity in the cloud. It will take some work. It will take you know some time to actually go through the motions, but it's not as scary as people make it seem. I mean, what would, what's scary? What uh, I would think it's the exact same. What, what, what is, what would, what's scary about it or to some people? Uh, I would assume that people get very complacent with their roles and and they don't really want to change, especially if you think about like it for, if, if you have an architect that's been, you know, in it for 20 years, and now all of a sudden everything is cloud this cloud that they're going to they're going to be taken back by it for sure. Nope, I know what, one or two of those. <laughs> <laughs> what they're scared of, I that I don't know. I, I don't know if I can give you a good answer for that. That's what I yeah, it, it could be a mix. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say it could be a mix between uh you know, complacency whether it's it's fear of um you know the you know the, the the imposter syndrome that 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 people tend to have. I know I suffer from. Uh, you know, every time I get a new job, I'm, you know, I'm spending the the two weeks in between. You know, uh, twenty four hours a day, nonstop, trying to train and make sure that you know I'm coming into a position that I know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, when I get in front of a a, a client, you know, even if I don't get into in front of a client for the first month, um you know, ultimately, like, I, I never want to be caught not knowing what I'm talking about. And so to me, that would be the fear part of it, the imposter syndrome, the, mm. you know, do I really know what I'm talking about when I do this? Do any of us really know what we're talking about when we people will fight <laughs> tooth and nail to not show that they don't know something, which yeah. which I always found funny. Like, if I don't know something, I'm be like, hey, I'm not exactly sure. Give right. me, give me, give me 48 hours. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna grind out the material. I'm gonna do as much labbing as I can. I'm gonna become as, as you know an expert as, as as best to my ability in the short amount of time. And I'm gonna come back and explain it to you. As or a guy in my shop is the expert yep. in that. Let me bring him in. You know, no, 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 no. Yeah, Bob, yeah, no, no, no. We are the experts. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, you're the. La- oh, yeah, that's right. You're the last line. See, I always punted, right? You know, but I but I have to know who to thanks. punt to. I can't oh, just thanks. punt. It. You know, yeah. Thanks. Um, so no, is it? I mean, Chris, just to dive a little bit closer in that, is it is it like yeah. AS400 syndrome? And, and what I mean by that is, hey, man, that shit's been in the closet for 10 years. <laughs> I haven't rebooted it. It hasn't gone down. It runs. Leave it alone. You know, and I know people <laughs> that are, it, it's a thing. And, yeah. and, you know, you're talking about like the guy that's been an architect for 20 years. And, and that's kind of like, hey, man, my stuff works. Leave it alone. You know, is that kind of is that kind of what, you know, what you see or what you hear? Um, I don't, I don't think we really see the whole AS 400 in the closet, you know, being on the cutting edge with, with cloud and, uh, you know, all the, no, no, I just meant philosophy wise. Like this is the way I know I've always known it and it doesn't break. So, you know, don't fix it. I definitely, yeah, we definitely see that a lot with, um, especially you, you got a lot of, uh, companies right now that, you know, if they haven't gone to the cloud already in the last 10 years, they're, 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 the writing's on the wall. They all know they have to. The biggest yeah. problem, as we see in every industry right now, is is, is labor. Where, where do you find the skilled people to do it? And so you have to raise people up, and you're kind of forced to, you know, take people who, whether they want to or not, that's your best network guy. That's your best server guy. I need you to learn something with cloud. 
Um, and so, you know, for example, with networking, I could say, you know, uh, a networking guy comes on, comes from on-prem, they're going to go into the cloud and they're wondering, okay, well, how do I configure the VLANs? You know? So Chris, speaking of VLANs, uh, cutting you off real quick, you know, getting into pillar two is networking and it's something that doesn't make any sense to me in the cloud. Um, I'm, you're talking to a guy that grew up in a data center that around Cisco switches and seen them plugged into the core switch and install the router. And I understand, you know, and that goes to your, your device. And I, I get what the cloud is, right? I know it's somebody else's computer and everything, but the whole network thing makes no sense to me in the cloud, why you would need it. I guess, talk to me through, cause it's an essential pillar, right? What, what's all involved in the network aspect of, of putting something up in the cloud? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a very loaded loaded question there, Bob. Thanks, but <laughs> <laughs> anytime that's what I'm yeah. here for. Um, yeah, I mean I, I do want to start off with kind of saying, I mean as as a company begins to modernize and 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 redesign their applications, I think the networking portion is becoming a little less important unless you're working in those data centers for Azure and AWS. But still, we have a ton of lift and shift. We have a ton of hybrid type scenarios, and so you got to go back to the basics of it of those machines, those servers, those applications that aren't platform as a service. They're not software as a service. They are, they're considered infrastructure as a service. I need to take my server that's on-prem. I need to put it up in the cloud. Or even sometimes I need to take you know this new platform as a service and let it integrate with your old-fashioned virtual machine. Well, those things need a network address. They need, they need to be able to communicate with other machines. All, um, they need to be able to you know, communicate with the end, end user and the client. And then you need to secure that communication. And so, uh, you know, some of the basics I would say you're going to want to grip on when you're going into the cloud is going to be, obviously, you're going to want to know your IP addressing. Um, you're going to want to know your subnetting. Uh, it's it, same same principle applies as on-prem. You're not going to want overlapping subnets for things that are communicating. Uh, you know, from a security aspect, you're, you're probably going to, if you don't go with, you know, some kind of managed firewall solution like Azure Firewall, you're going to go with, you know, a network virtual appliance such as, uh, you know, Palo Alto or Meraki or any of the, the number of, of different products out there. And so those those same things still apply. You're just, you know, I, I even have to do routing. I, I, I'll have to put route tables on there and I'll have to tell it, okay, I want my traffic, you know, if it's going to get to this destination, it has to go this way. That's its next hop. Um Sorry. See, like a lot, a lot of people like me just think it's magic, right? I like, I genuinely didn't know like you had to go that granular when you deployed. I just like, hey, I need a server, I need this much RAM, I need this much storage, um, fired up, you know. And well, then, even that's even that can get complicated. I mean, how how big's your wallet? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you need to you need to determine what size what size VM you need, and and you need to know, of course, you know. How, how many processors you need, how much RAM you need. So before we get it, yeah, let's, before we dive into the third and fourth pillar, what, so cost estimation is a big deal. You see a lot of startups sprouting up now that that's all they do. And all the nightmares yep. I've always heard was like, you know, is shit, get the bill and then figure out what the hell I just bought. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they do that on purpose or if that's, if that's cause it's so complicated. Um, what, any best practices on, I mean, obviously I know the basic ones, right? If you have you know, web servers, put them in the cloud. If you're, if you're running in hot bursts, put it in the cloud. If you're running constant all day, do not put it in the cloud, things like that. What, what are some best practices kind of over and above my, uh, you know, simplistic brain? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start with a few and I'll hand it off to Mel because I'm sure I'm going to miss so many because they're, they're, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. Obviously, modernizing your application, containerizing it or, or putting on it on a pass service such as app services, you're going to save on costs that way. Um, th there's a lot of features that are bundled into that. You know, when you start piecemealing everything, how much does my backup cost? How much does my disk storage cost? How much does my processing and my memory and all that? You get a pass service that has all that in one, it's, you, you might be paying you know, 300 bucks a month for that, but how much would you be paying for a VM with all the storage and, and replicating that out to another region? So, so you're buying cloud in the cloud is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that that's one of the first things you can do, modernizing it, getting it off of the traditional stuff so you don't have to piecemeal everything. Um, you, you, can, you can tend to save on cost by bundling things like that. Likewise, you can bundle your time that you're 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 reserving something, right? So I can say, hey, I'm I'm going to commit to one year. I'm going to commit to three years. I'm going to commit to this time to use, 
you know, this, this type of VM skew. Um, and you get, you can get a discount on that. You can get a discount on licensing. Um, are you using the right disc? I mean, over-provisioning uh, is still a, very much a thing, whether you're on PaaS or you're on IaaS. Um, you know, it's not just a thing of, you know, in VMware, you know, why, why did, why did you assign eight cores to this thing that only needs two cores, right? right. The same thing applies in Azure, in AWS, in Google, but it also applies to PaaS services. Do I need to be on the premium SKU for development type stuff? <laughs> Um, you know, and that gets into governance and policy management. Uh, it really gets wrapped up with cost optimization is, you know, if I'm trying to control costs, I need to control what kind of configurations can be done in the cloud. I need to control who can make those configurations. And I need to make sure no matter how they're deploying, whether it's manual in the cloud or whether it's automated deployment, that my controls are still going to be in place. So shadow IT was a huge problem when cloud first came out, because you could just, you know, obviously spin up an AWS box in, with a credit card. Um, I don't hear about as much of it today. I'm sure it still exists. What's uh, ML? Are you still, I mean, you're shaking your head. Are you seeing it or you're yeah. not? So, th so this is where, this is where I really get into modern workplace security, right? That's where you get your CASB, your cloud access security broker. Um, a lot of shadow IT is, is essentially defeated with a, a good CASB deployment and implementation. Uh, there's really nothing else to say about it. Like if you look at Microsoft Defender for cloud app security, that is one of the main use cases that we see in the industry for, for CASB is you have all of these, whether they're IT admins, whether they're, just normal people doing corporate jobs and they unknowingly connect and give access to third-party applications, uh, give access to those third-party applications into your cloud environment. The CASB solution really should be front and center in order for you, one, to give you visibility into that and two, to create policies around that to combat that and well, stop it. As a layman, I always I never understood how Shadow IT even worked anyway because you need to join a domain, and let's say you join a domain with a rogue something rogue, wouldn't it send off every red flag known to man? No, suck. No, no, because you're giving access on behalf of your uh, of your account, oh. right? So it goes back to identity, right? Yeah. So a lot of people are just like, okay, well, identity's there, you know, Active Directory's there. That person has, you know just a normal user account. But what they don't realize when they're making this journey into cloud is just because those normal accounts don't have admin permissions to a specific resources doesn't mean that they can't grant admin rights to those third-party applications. Yep, makes sense. See, that, that's where CASB comes into play. Yeah, and that's that where leads you, to a big problem. Period. I, I think. Oh yeah. You, you 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 definitely see it more than I do from a, an apps app standpoint, but. Just the the i the shadow IT going in, starting to build out the tenant, starting mm -hmm. to, to implement a bunch of things before the environment's ready. I mean, how often do you go into a tenant ML and you see um, every single time you, you see two hundred apps that have already every been consented to, right? Every right. single time, and it's it's it's. I wish Microsoft and I wish the cloud providers would make it a default to automatically you know, block that feature. I'll call it a feature, but block the ability for users to give admin permissions when they're not admins. Like it, to me, that's just such a duh moment. You know what I mean? Like there's really no reason that they shouldn't. No fair. So let's, let's get in third pillar um, devices. What is it? I mean, what is that? Uh, to me, I'm drawing a blank. What does that mean to you? Uh, so for me personally, devices is, a, a, so you really have to take a step back, right? Before I get into what devices and cloud security and how they all tie in together, you really have to look at the whole environment now, right? Two, three years ago, a lot of people were just in the office and devices would be corporate computers that are, you know, at a, at a site. Now it's my company laptop that's sitting here with me in the basement. It's my personal phone that I am accessing sensitive data with. So you really need to start to look at it from that perspective. You need to sit there and say, okay, one, we have devices that we own and how are we going to secure those? 
that are not on the network perimeter. And two, we have personal devices that we cannot lock down, right? Because no one's going to no one's going to consent to their personal phone device to completely be locked down and they don't have full access to everything. So there's two approaches. One, the personal devices, you would want to have some sort of mobile application management solution in place. Um, and that that is really the the cream of the crop is Intune Man for me because it's it's so easy, it's so well developed, and it's it, it, it's it's just it, it really covers a lot of gaps that even any MDM solution by itself um, does. Got it. So I mean, is that just the basic formula for that? Is just put a decent MDM in and then life is good. Cause I know like in my phone, if I go to my apps, there's a personal tab, there's a work tab and I have, I have a work play store and I can only pull from so many apps. And then that's pretty much it. Like it's pretty much locked down on that side, but they don't control anything on the other side. Um, so no, you would also want to look at servers running in the cloud. So you're going to want um, workplace protection. You're going to want um, an AV Right. So mm. think of uh, really Microsoft does a great job of bundling everything together. If you look at uh, Microsoft endpoint management, it bundles uh, Intune, which is your MDM. It bundles your mobile application management without enrolling any of those personal devices into um, into Intune or SCCM. And you really cover everything. You cover personal devices, you cover um workstations and you cover uh, workstations that leave the network perimeter. And then you have servers that are running in the cloud. Uh, you would want to deploy some sort of AV. Now, whether that's Qualys, whether that's um, Microsoft Defender, uh, whatever your choice is, you really need some sort of AV that can incorporate into um, your SIM and SOAR. When, so you uh, really want automation to be. So, so what's a SOAR? Uh, SOAR <laughs> is, right. So security uh, operations automation something, right? Response? Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, basically, it's your automation response for your SIM. Which, so so when, when Windows Defender flipped and it wasn't good to use, was it like a surprise to you all? Or like, did they make an announcement? Me, yes. And then, because like that, like it was laughable. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, no, dude, it's legit. And we're like, bullshit, it's not legit. No. And then I still like, get yeah, that question. I still get that same questions. Like, you're really recommending Windows Defender? Like, really? Like, yes. But what Microsoft did was they split their licensing um, into two plans, right? So, the, the, your basic plan one that you get with uh, Defender, you you get just enough to get by, but where it really shines is when you upgrade to plan two. That's where you get all of the integrations with all of their other solutions that really bring it above and beyond. Makes sense. Um, closing out on applications, like, are you talking about like platforms as a service, Chris, or when you when you talk about as a, as a pillar, what do you? Are you talking about stuff that you're building, stuff that you're purchasing? What 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 does that look like? I don't I don't touch applications. <laughs> no, oh, it's so, okay. so, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He punted. <laughs> see, he punted. <laughs> no, no, that goes back to. I mean, yeah. I mean, so applications with with what Amel was talking about. I mean, that, that could be anything. I mean, that that could be the applications on your phone. That could be the applications that you interact with on your computer. Uh, I mean, it's it's any any kind of integration that you might need. Um, you know, you, you guys talked about identity in the beginning uh, and what are the layers of that? I mean, the first thing you got to start off with is, is what is your identity provider? You guys log into, you know, half the things that you go on to, you know, you have the option to log in with Google. You have the option to log in with, with Facebook or LinkedIn. You know, those are your identity providers. Azure Active Directory integrates with a ton of that stuff. Um, Google integrates with a ton of that stuff. Uh you know, so so all those applications that you're 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 interacting with now have the ability to do whatever you just granted them permission to do to read from your account to read from your directory. Um, that's the kind of stuff that you want to secure. Um, uh, you know, bringing that back into infrastructure even and, and trying to uh, participate in a ML space and get on his level and stuff. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, you got to, you, you not only do you have to, you know, you were talking about uh, devices at home, right? And you're talking about how, you know, we all work from home and, and there's the, the landscape of what to secure is completely different than what it was, you know, a year to two years ago where everyone was just dabbling their foot into, into you know, work from home. Now I, I got to be concerned with what are the IoT devices on that person's network, you know, being exposed to it. Are you protecting, are you preventing me from, you know, taking my work laptop or something and just copying all my files onto my file server? You know, that, that's that's the kind of stuff that you got to worry about. And then what's on my network that has access to that file server as well? Um, is there another computer on my network that's infected with something? You don't sleep, um, do you, Chris? <laughs> I have three kids and I just bought a house. So yeah, no. I'll let that sleeping answer itself. Sleeping about as much as me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's, you know, that, again, when you're on the security side, I don't know how you can rest because like this stuff doesn't stop. It's, it's kind of like that the, there's a meme about like the waitress that is like wakes up at four in the morning and says, oh shit, I forgot ranch at table six, right? Like it's just the stuff <laughs> that goes through their heads. It's like, I, I can't imagine like you guys are the same. Oh my God, did I lock this thing down? Oh my God, did I check that box? You know, are you in constant struggle mentally about like, yeah, Mel says no. Um, Mel's the not, best. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. After two Manhattans, I don't think you would be. <laughs> Wait, you can see that? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some resume generating events that can happen, and whether you're in security or whether you're in networking, whether you're in server. I mean, I think you know it, it's super cliche, but really, security is everyone's. Uh, problem. Every, everybody has to be conscious of security, including the people who aren't working in IT. I just had, uh, you know, for an example, I had a uh, some fraudulent credit card claim come up. You know, the first thing I did is I went through and and uh, shut that down, changed all passwords, did all kinds of stuff. Got it. Thankfully, you know, nothing further has happened from it. But um, you know, that, that's that's completely in my personal life. So, yeah, I think security is everybody's problem. I think everyone should be concerned with it, especially uh, considering all our identities are online now. I mean, you can you can pretend to be anybody. I mean, you can even go out there and make a video and throw somebody else's face on it and, and people won't even know whether or not it's actually them. Um, well, that's what we were talking about. You have we talked about this a while ago. The deep fake uh, audio started with uh, Joe Rogan, I think. But I'm like, you, you know, he's obviously worse. But like, I have what 433 episodes of me talking for an hour and a half. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, you can pretty much make me say anything. You know, if you exactly. Just through, you know, um, yeah. So I mean, again, like I, I've given into the Google overlords. I've you know, I have friends that are like, I'm going all duck duck go, man. I'm getting a you know, bricking my phone. I'm like, dude, I, they got 10 years of data and analytics on me. Like they, they know what I'm going to buy tomorrow. They know what I'm going to, they know, they know when I'm going to wake up. They know when I'm going to poop. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, Google owns me. I'm just, I'm giving in. I'm giving in. Um, you still got to give it your all though, to, to even secure your own stuff. I mean, uh, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than having to change all your passwords every three months because some company that has your account got hacked, had a breach, whatever the case is, you know, because they weren't, they weren't protecting their systems. You know, maybe they just went to the cloud or maybe they, they need some, uh, identity, identity management lessons from a Mel. Well, that was, uh, that was my <laughs> issue early on with password managers. And I'm like, I don't trust you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yep. I kind of still don't cause I, you know, again, no, I don't think anybody's safe from being breached. So like, who's to say that, you know, whatever password company does your, you know, yeah, that's not you know the from a personal level i think the the enterprise stuff i think is on a different level and you're paying for it obviously but um even the enterprise level has some similarities to everything you guys were just talking about um i dealt with uh on a personal level i i completely forgot i set up um two-way authentication with my uh crypto wallet and the second form of authentication was an application that was downloaded onto my phone. Oh. And my phone did not turn on the morning. Mm. And I had to go get a new phone. And then when I tried to log into my crypto wallet, I, I, I couldn't verify myself because my phone wouldn't turn on. I got a new phone that didn't have the application installed on it. So, so lesson in that is uh, you're going to tell us, right? The, the lesson is, is make sure that you know what you're doing with security before you just enable everything. <laughs> I mean, I he, only had 30, Bitcoin. 
he only had 37 yeah. cents in bitcoin it's not like it was a big deal it, it was like 45 okay <laughs> it's like that double nice. yeah on that note though i mean that's that's a that's an awesome thing for password management not only you know you get you lose that you lose all your passwords or if if it's you got a breach of some sort obviously you want to protect that but you know even physical security on that note you know had a mel over there written down his recovery key for his authentication and mm-hmm. stuck it in a safe you know right <laughs> he, exactly. he would have got his 47 cents back right right 100 <laughs> percent. now i'm out 47 cents so I'm totally, I'm totally going to call myself out for brain farting. We said we we're going to close out on having that discussion. Do you, what, what in the heck was I, did I say, Randy, do you remember? Randy wasn't, doesn't I think well. we were supposed to talk about, um, training and, uh, yes, training yes. yes. Now that you so say that, yes. that's something that both Chris and I take very seriously. Um, we, we both, a lot of you certifications are a hit or miss with some people, right? Some people are, are very for certification. Some people are like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't care if you have this or that. Personally, I, I take pride in sitting down, learning something to the best of my ability, and then sitting down for a certification and proving that I know something at a certain level. So, how do you know where to start? Because I've had these conversations at some of our meetups, and guys like, "Hey, I need to start learning Azure. I just got my as an MS nine hundred or whatever the the like the yeah. very basic bones, you know, the AZ nine hundred, AZ nine hundred. Thank you. Yeah, but like, where where do I go? What do I do? And, and to be honest, I don't have the answer to that. What's where do you? So start? I I actually I actually do have the answer for that. I believe right. Chris does as well. Um, and the reason I have the answer for that is one from experience, and two. Um, I do this for coworkers. I do it for friends. I do it for family. I, I will help anyone who reaches out to to set up a training guide to to further their career, whether it's just through learning something or whether it's through learning how to negotiate your salary or, or whatever it, it may be. I, I, I take pride in actually helping people like further their careers, like truly, like anyone that's listening out there, please reach out. I will help you. Um, my strategy, and it's it's a pretty simple strategy. If I don't know anything at all about the technology, I will find videos to learn about it, whether that's through Pluralsight, I mean, YouTube, whether that's through different content creators on LinkedIn, whatever it is, I will do my very best to to look through the interwebs and find a video and get some basic understanding. From there, I will start to read technical documentation. I will start to do deep dives into the technical side of that solution. And then thirdly, I will start to set up a lab. I will use my own money. I will use um, Microsoft Learn is a great resource. They, they give you um, free labs that you can set up and you know, walk through the whole process of setting up their solutions. Uh, I've gone and reached out to vendors and they've offered me uh, licensing for free. Whatever you can do to get your hands on a lab environment uh, and then actually go through the motions and set set up the solution for yourself. Is that almost like a GitHub for a dev? Like, you know, for you, yeah. it's your, yeah, and it's something, hey, yeah. look what I built, look what I, you know, it's almost, it's almost your resume if, if you look yeah. at it plainly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Mel. The only thing I might add um, is consistency is key, right? If mm-hmm. you've, if you've ever done, if you ever, if you ever worked out or anything of that sort, you know, you can, you can go, if, it doesn't matter if you, you, you put in, you know, four hours one day and then you don't come back to it for a couple months. You're not going to retain that. You're not going to actually do anything with it. My approach has been uh, for probably about the last decade is I, I want to try to put in a, a half an hour a day. A half hour a day adds up very quickly, right? Before I know it, you know, I'm, I'm putting in, you know, a solid, you know, uh, 15, 16 hours in a month potentially. Uh, you know, with that, I, I kind of look at it like I can develop a beginner level skill in roughly about 30 hours, right? Uh, a mix between videos, a mix between technical articles, a, a mix between labbing things out. You know, give me another 30 hours and I think I can be, you know, a, a, a fairly intermediate. But on Chris, that I want to know it now. That's the problem right there. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, you know. So somebody starting off new is... 
you, you've got a lot of foundation you have to build. And if you try to skip those steps, you know, you're going to be as, uh, you know, a famous person once said, you know, you're going to be building your house on sand there. Right. So, um, you know, you want to lay that foundation. You're going to want to learn, you're going to want to learn your operating system. You're going to want to learn, you know, your basic windows. You're going to learn your, your Linux. Um, you know, you don't have to go super in depth, but, but at least have a good understanding of how to operate with them. You're going to want to learn some basic networking. You're going to want to learn some basic security. You're going to want to learn some basic, um, identity stuff, anything, uh, you know, some basic governance. I'm constantly, to be honest with you, I've got about five years worth of pl uh, Pluralsight uh, playlists and ch or channels, as they call them, built out, like planned ahead. And I'm sure like half of it's going to be gone by the time I get to that five years. But, um, you know, a lot of it, a good mix of it, probably more than half is is, is some foundational things. I, I enter a conversation and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of lacking on the, you know, the, 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 the data warehouse side, you know, maybe I want, I need to go learn that. I'm going to start at the basics. I want to make sure that my foundation is established before I start going into the, in, into the, the fine grain details of the off the wall questions of, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, I got the word scuzzy in my head for, from a conversation I had with somebody, but you know, uh, you, you're not going to be asking the fine grain details on, on configuring scuzzy, uh, you know, in your old infrastructure on premises practices. If you don't, if you don't have any idea about networking or, or, or data storage or data networking. So it, it brings me back to, a story that uh, me and Chris both know very well. Um, it, it's actually really, really funny. So, and it's and it's a brief story. So, one day, me and Chris were at a career career fair. Uh, we were demonstrating um, cloud architecture, cloud engineering, or just just joining a, a cloud team, right? For a career career fair for um, for one of our. Uh, um, employers at the time. And one person comes up to us and says, Hey, I have this AWS architect professional certification. And I have this Azure architect expert certification. And he hits me with, uh, but what is the cloud and what is an architect? And I couldn't, I couldn't not smile and laugh. Because you knew from that question that this person had no idea about anything cloud related, let alone being an expert on it, right? So, so it was clearly he was interviewing us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was interviewing us. But um, you can tell this person didn't have any expertise in anything related to cloud. And the main point of this story is, is don't cheat on your certifications, because when it comes time to it, you're not going to know anything that you need to know. Hey, I know uh, we're running up on the clock. I wanted to uh, uh, can't can't thank you guys enough for the for the great content, for the stories, and for um, no, it's it's we're you know we hit on like five or six great great topics that we haven't touched on in in uh, in the life of the show. So I appreciate it. Uh, we'll put your LinkedIn's up on. Uh, uh, on our show notes. And again, uh, Chris Gordon, Mel Mojic, I can't thank you guys enough for the time from Trace 3. Um, look forward to uh, spending some time with you guys at happy hour soon. You know, always, always a good time with you too. So always. Hey, yeah, uh, we're going to, we're going to, yeah, thank you guys. We're going to wrap things up for episode 433 on behalf of Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor, drink up your drinks, get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.